This episode of the Retro Network Time Machine with Jason and Mickey is brought to you by Retro Days. Sign up now for your free profile at retro-daze.org. From there, you can visit the forum or contribute articles which earn points towards fun prizes in the Retro Days Point Store. Click over from today's show notes and begin the fun at Retro Days. And by fun.com, the best place on the web to find officially licensed gifts, costumes, toys, and more. Fun.com also offers a variety of exclusive products they make themselves and you won't find anywhere else. Search great brands like Star Wars, Marvel, DC, Ghostbusters, Back to the Future, Care Bears, and many more. Click the Fun.com link in today's show notes to shop the latest products and also save 10% site-wide through August 7th, 2021. Your savings is automatically deducted in your cart, so just click and shop. Fun.com, your go-to destination for exciting and unique gifts. The following is a presentation of the Retro Network. Your vehicle to the past doesn't need roads or even 1.21 gigawatts. It's the Retro Network Time Machine with Jason and Mickey! Yes, it is time to double back again to our pop culture past with the Retro Network Time Machine. You've got Jason and Mickey here as your tour guides this week. Hey, uh, happy, uh, as we're recording this, happy early Father's Day to you, man. Oh, you too. I kind of forgot about that. <laughs> I kind of did too until uh, I posted that uh, Jay Plays video up. I had wanted to do the daddish one this week while it was close to Father's Day and I got the date screwed up. But anyway, what, do you got any plans for Father's Day or any uh, traditions? Well, I made a promise about a month ago. I didn't realize how soon Father's Day was, but I told my old man I'd come down and uh, do a fish fry for him. So I guess I'll be doing that. Very good. Homemade beer battered fried fish for him. It's one of his favorite meals. That sounds great. Yeah, I don't have any traditions other than uh, usually falling asleep on the couch watching the U.S. Open. I've done that many years on Father's Day, but it wouldn't have to be Father's Day for me to fall asleep watching the U.S. Open. <laughs> There's something soothing about watching golf that just boom, you're out like a light. Oh, I thought you were talking about like tennis. No, yeah, no, golf. No, no, I'm no. all right with golf. <laughs> yeah, golf's okay. I don't watch tennis. What are you talking about? Well, I mean, I don't know. You're kind of metro. <laughs> oh no, I'm not. You're uh, one of them yuppies. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, my uh my fashion sense and my paycheck do not uh scream yuppie. So, anyway. <laughs> you remember uh in the movie Cocktail, that yuppie yeah. poet? Yes. That, that poem he done? Yes. He was talking about you and your kind. <laughs> oh gosh, there's a good summer movie. Yeah. yeah. Since we're talking about summer. Again, that's a movie good for any time. It don't have to be summertime. I like cocktail. I think it gets a bad rap. Yeah. There's so many more movies you think about when you think about Tom Cruise that 
it's and I've got one in my list that we'll be talking about today that uh, just because of the star that he is and some of his more famous movies, you kind of forget about it. You know. Speaking of Tom Cruise, uh huh, is the new Top Gun dropping this weekend? No, that's not till November. Okay, so then my local drive-in this weekend is showing the original Top Gun. Oh, nice. Yeah, they still do retro movies, even though the COVID era is kind of coming to an end. Uh-huh. I saw that on the billboard down the highway today, or the little sign they've got out by the road in the next mm-hmm. town down. So I guess it's the original. Cool. Yeah, that would be a fun Saturday night, wouldn't it? You gotta yeah. Go drive in and watch Top Gun. Yeah, I'd do that. I well, wonder what, I par- what were they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mr. Uh, 75 inch screen. You ain't going, you're on the, uh, you're, you're doing a, a sit in, not a drive in. Yes. But speaking <laughs> of, I was talking in the VIP lounge last weekend about the, the Indiana Jones movies. Yes. Uh, even after watching Raiders on the big screen with the great sound system, I still put last crusade ahead of it. Mm-hmm. And that is not counting watching last crusade on that big screen. So even without that, I still put it ahead of Raiders. We watched all of them last week. We did a marathon that started with Raiders since we were talking about it. Let's pop this in. And then, of course, I had to watch the other ones. And uh, I don't think the oldest had seen, or at least he remembers parts of it. But I also remember watching the movies and having him look away at some of the scenes with the face melting and the, the dude that turns old when he drinks out of the wrong cup, you know, and... and Last Crusade, but uh, we had a good time. I ended up, it was the only one watching number four. I started it and they're like, oh, yeah. yeah, peace out. But I wanted to watch it again just to see if there's no, no, <laughs> uh, there's only three Indiana Jones movies. You are correct, sir. I didn't get to watch uh, last crusade last weekend, but I did rewatch temple of doom and I found some new appreciation for it. It's like, I remember just really not caring for it. But, uh, I, of course, I've not watched it in 20, 25 years now. But I watched it, and I was like, eh, it's not as bad as I remember. It was okay. I mean, it's not as good as the other two, but it's yeah, it, it's its own movie. It holds its own. I think they're very close. Rewatching them again, I did see some things in Temple of Doom, which I usually put last, that I appreciated as well. And then there's lines in all of them, really, that I spout off, but... I think they're really close together. I would do like you do crusade and then Raiders and then temple of doom. But that's the gap is very close. One of my favorite scenes. I was, I, I kind of overthought, I think a little bit in temple of doom and I shared it over there. I think on Slack last week where he comes up to the two guards and he goes to reach for his gun, which is kind of a callback to Raiders where he just pulls out the gun and shoots the guy with the sword, you know? Mm-hmm. And he doesn't have the gun. You know, I was laughing out loud. I was like, wow, that's cool. But I didn't, for the longest time, didn't realize Temple of Doom was actually set before Raiders. So that kind of screws up that whole callback, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but it, it was still, it's still a fun movie. You can't overthink those kind of movies anyway. You just kind of sit back and enjoy the ride. So and, Temple of Doom is set before Raiders. Yes. They're both in 1936, though. I think so. Or maybe one is a year before. Well, no, I mean, at the beginning of both movies, it it says 1936. So if one is before the other, they're still within the same year. 
I don't like I said, I'd never really followed the timeline of all that stuff, you know. Obviously, the young Indiana Jones Chronicles were filmed after, and yet they're before. So, anyway, just <laughs> don't need to overthink it. But they're still fun movies. I can still watch them sit down and burn right through them, no problem. I think I quote Crusade the most, and it's usually between Sean Connery and Harrison Ford that I'm those lines. <laughs> they're just I'm so wrong. great. I'm wrong. Temple of Doom is set in 1935. Okay. And Raiders is 36. Okay, yeah. I thought there was a year difference when I looked it up, but good stuff. All right, well, let's uh, move along with the show. One correction I did want to add in from last week. I had talked about the Two Goofs podcast with Adam and Jeff coming over to the Retro Network and did not realize at the time we recorded that it was still available out there so we're not uh, creating a new feed for it. What we're going to do is just kind of reissue those episodes on the Retro Network website to maybe uh, get some more exposure to the show. All you Disney fans out there that haven't uh, listened to it, it's really great. All, well, all 11 episodes are out there. There's a bonus episode as well and a preview episode so there's actually like 13 in all that you can listen to now, but we're going to release them one by one, as uh, Adam had mentioned on uh, the hot tag with Kevin that the Sequel Quest show is coming to a close in the near future. So we're going to kind of intermix the Two Goose podcast in where Sequel Quest had been releasing on Fridays so people can uh, discover that show or rediscover it if you have listened to it before. And speaking of Kevin, I have, uh, hopefully we've landed on the name of the show, because I've created a logo for it. <laughs> it's called uh, Hellion's Talks, and it's basically going to be just like the hot tag that's been going on for, I think he's got almost a dozen episodes now, That uh, the interview style where he's going to pick somebody to come in. Mick, you were the most recent guest on there. That was a really mm-hmm. great listen this past oh, week. So we are creating a new feed for Kevin, and as the house show goes on hiatus uh, later this summer after they finish up Glow, then we're going to release Kevin's new Hellions Talks podcast episodes on Thursdays to kind of sub in where the uh, house show had been. But I'm really looking forward to that. It's been a really fun series, been really great getting to know a lot of the uh, network people and people outside the network, so... Looking forward to what he comes up with in the future. Also wanted to pass along that uh, we've got a little vacation of ourselves coming up. Well, mainly me. And uh, Mick is still going to try to do some uh, shows for you. But what we're going to do, I'm going to be kind of on the road. My drivecation, as I've been calling it for the last several years, headed from uh, Alabama to Pennsylvania to go see my family and uh, all points in between. I'm going to be on that around July 4th holiday. So on the uh, July 5th episode, we're going to re-release an episode from the VIP vault. Two years ago, Mick and I did one on our summer memories, which was really fun. It was uh, pretty early into us doing the show, Mick. I think it was maybe like our sixth or seventh episode. And it's uh, a lot of summer memories, a lot of 4th of July memories. Things like being at the community swimming pool and 
Fourth of July traditions and, and Mick's uh, marriage proposal story is on there as well. Ooh. So I'm excited to re-release that for uh, maybe some people that had missed it two years ago. And we're going to make that available outside of the VIP vault. And then the next week on July 12th, I'm still planning to be kind of in limbo. So we're going to release another episode, one we did last year, called Pop Culture Americana. Where we just uh, talk about all things patriotic. Some stuff like uh, Evil Knievel was brought up. Olympic moments. And Mick, of course, the Great American Bash. Talks about mm-hmm. that for a little bit. And... Whitney's anthem at the Super Bowl. I think that was Super Bowl 25. So uh, some awesome memories that we're going to uh, re-release to you as well from last year as we're uh, kind of in limbo. And I think Mick is going to still try to do our after-hour show for our VIPs during that time. Yes, I'm going to try. Which, you know, not having to uh, meet this weekly deadline that you and I have as far as when we get together to record, it may make it a little easier. I might can do it in segments and then just slap it all together each week. Okay. Well, I will get you the, uh, intro and outro. Well, it's, it's since it's your voice mainly in the intro there, <laughs> you could do it live if you wanted to, but I just, might. Uh, <laughs> thanks for, uh, kind of keep that, go- that show going while I'm, uh, in limbo. Looking forward to it. It's a long drive, but uh, we have an extra driver this time, which I'm very grateful for. And uh, I think we are going to swing by my buddy Wyatt's house in Maryland on our way back and uh, get a chance to spend a day with him and his family, which we haven't got both of our families together in several years. Uh, several years and several kids ago. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, very much looking forward to that and well, I'll still be uh, hopefully shooting pictures and stuff in the VIP lounge uh, throughout the trip. But that's what's coming up for our show. In this episode, though, we have a fun summer theme for you. Mick, where are we going? Who knows? Because it's time we do our ABCs of Summer episode, which longtime yeah. listeners know we've done ABCs of Halloween where we take each letter of the alphabet and just assign some old memory to it. And we alternate letters. And on tonight's after hour show, we're going to flip the script and do the letters that we didn't get to do on the main show. So you'll get to hear all 26 letter picks from Jason and I, if you listen to both shows. It's really fun. Did we do a Christmas one or maybe that was just a one that we it, had maybe it planned was in on the doing plans, but it didn't happen. Okay. Because, uh, okay. You know, that's when I had to start my hiatus. That's right. That's right. Well, maybe we can do that this year then. But I'm really looking forward to this. Lots of great summer memories came to mind when putting together this list. So without further ado, let's jump in the time machine and we'll see where it takes us. All right, so here we are. We're in the time machine. We're going to be jumping around all over the place. And uh, Mick is going to give you his pick for the letter A in the ABCs of Summer. The letter A, to me, is for Austin Powers 2, The Spy Who Shagged Me. And the reason I say that, because it was a summer blockbuster release in 1999, that was one of the movies I saw multiple times that summer. I think uh, 
when we talked about the movies of 99 here recently, I said I watched it like three times. Mm-hmm. I've recounted that. I went to the theater and saw it four times. I forgot that I had saw it in the IMAX wow. theater in Gatlinburg that oh, wow. summer as well. So, uh, yeah, four times. And so that movie sticks out. People talk about summer blockbusters like Jaws. This one I put up there with all of them. Just how could you not if you went and paid money to see it four separate times in the same <laughs> summer? So yes. I can't. I can't watch that movie or think about that movie without some several memories surrounding it just popping back into my brain from that summer of 99. One of them was a date with my wife. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And one of them was with, of course, we weren't married then, but another viewing was with another girl who wasn't my (laughs) girlfriend at the time. (laughs) That has happened to me once before that I have vivid memories of, uh, but it was, that was centered around Titanic. We'll get to that someday, that story, but, uh, Austin powers is a trilogy that I have not gone back and watched a lot of. I remember when the movies were fresh and new and going to the theater and renting soon after, well, mainly the first two, but I have not gone back to like, just sit down and, you know, go through all three movies. In a long time. So I don't know. Have you gone back and experienced those and they still oh, hold up for you? Yeah, they still hold up. I mm. probably watch, watch them as a trilogy at least every two to three years. Yeah. And I watch awesome powers too, more often than that. So, okay. Uh, well, let's go on to the letter B. My B pick got a couple here. I'm going to go with boy scout camp. Oh, nice choice. Boy Scout Camp, I've got uh, several memories tied around Boy Scout Camp, uh, most of which are in the summer. We did visit it one winter as well, which is uh, another whole fun story that I'll, maybe I'll save for uh, our ABCs of Christmas because it uh, uh, involves some things catching fire in our cabin. Uh, but Boy Scout Camp was something I looked forward to for uh, two or three years in a row that we went. And it had like a, almost like an Olympic games where you could enter and enter in different, uh, you know, relay races and stuff like that and, and could win ribbons. Of course you had your stuff to earn your badges and everything. So there's all that stuff that's tied around the boy scout kind of picture. But the one that really sticks out that I wrote about on the retro network was the summer of 89 when I went and tried to. No bat dancing at Boy Scout camp. Yes, that's tried the name of the article. Y'all tried just go to Google sneak that. in my my Prince Bat Dance single and several other cassettes with a uh, small boombox that I had that got confiscated uh, early on when we were there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't get away from uh, from Batman that summer of Batman, but. Lots of great memories with uh, several of uh, the people I went to school with, my friends, and just nothing like being at camp and just enjoying that experience over the summer, you know. Now, you try to tell me that taking a Prince Casingle to Boy Scout camp is not what something a yuppie would do. <laughs> a Prince Casingle. Come on, man. Gosh, 
It's not a yuppie thing if you just you love Batman. It's more mm-hmm. of a geek thing. Yeah, it's Prince, and it's a casino. You're like a hipster. You're a yuppie. <laughs> I'm a hipster doofus. <laughs> All right, moving on, moving on. I never was at Boy Scout camp, but there was this one time at band camp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, the letter C for me in the summer is for comic books. In the house I first grew up in until I was 10, we had a nice carport, two-car carport, you know, and mm-hmm. it was really cool in there in the summertime. But we had this couch and a uh, coffee table out in front of it. It was one of the coffee tables that have the sliding doors in the front bottom that you can just store stuff in. Uh-huh. All of my brother's comic books from through the years were just crammed in there. These were reader copies that were well-read, nothing collectible about them. But when it was raining or just really hot, we would just hang out in the carport and just read comic books all day. Hmm. And it's like, I can still smell the summer rain sitting there reading like an old copy of unknown soldier or Sergeant rock or old, uh, you know, comic books have always had continuity attached to them, but the comics he had were from the seventies where you had a lot of issues with just kind of standalone stories where you could just pick up any issue that was there and read it. And the, the whole story was self-contained beginning, mm-hmm. middle and end. So it wasn't like, Oh shoot, he don't have the next issue. What happens? You know, you could just read it yeah, and enjoy it. And we read good gosh. This probably spread across several summers, but maybe it was all in one summer. I'm not real sure. I probably read every comic book in that coffee table. And there were probably, I don't know, at least 300 in there. So wow. Spent a lot of time. And also when we'd be traveling with my old man in the summertime, mom, when we'd stop at convenience store, she'd buy the, Archie Digest. Oh yeah. That's a comic book too. So you'd have a long ride and you'd just plow through those things, Mm -hmm. (laughs) pass it around in the car. Like, uh, (laughs) my brother would get a mad magazine. I would get a cracked magazine. Mom would buy Archie and you'd end up reading all three before you got to the hotel (laughs) that night. Nice. Nice. Good deal. Yeah. I don't, again, comics came to me late in life. So don't have those, uh, type of memories at all even with i mean there was some stuff like maybe the book and record sets that i would go in and listen to over and over again in the house but nothing portable like that either on our car trips that i i took you know so cool that's a great memory uh d d is for my dirt driveway Ooh. that would be uh a two points if we're playing categories. so uh my dirt driveway, I spent hours out there playing with my Hot Wheels and Matchbox cars. And I had my little stow-and-go garage set up out there. And my neighborhood friend, Tim, would come down and just literally hours uh, getting our cars all dirty. And then uh, after we're all done, you know, or the next day, go over to the hose, hose them all off and do it all over again, you know. So I had many, many, many a time just sitting out there making roads in that dirt driveway for my Matchbox cars. And it kills me to this day when we left my childhood home. I remember the last day that we um, were there and Tim and I were playing and I was up at his house for a while and I left 
my stone go garage with some cars inside at his house and never got it back. Oh no. So it's kind of bittersweet when I think about that, but when that stone go garage came out several years ago at target, like the reissue, I was all over that. I I had to have that thing because the originals are, you'd be surprised at how much they go for in poor condition, let alone, you know, finding a, a decent one to recollect. So that's always one of my like grail items at a thrift store too, is finding a stone go garage, you know? So yeah, loved that dirt driveway. Yeah. We had a, not necessarily a dirt driveway, but my dad had a garage built out from the house and it had a dirt floor and it had like an overhang before you'd pull into it. So I'd sit out there and do the same thing mm-hmm. in the dirt. Three fingers wide was a perfect, uh, roadway. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the letter E Ernest goes to camp. Oh yes. Oh Which, gosh. My, uncle's name was Ernest, which I mentioned, I'm going to talk about him later too, but I mentioned him talking about the first VCR, you know, he'd go rent movies and we'd watch them. Well, Ernest goes to camp, ended up being a movie at some point. I remember watching at his house first. And then we, every year on the last day of school before Christmas, they would set four TVs up in the gym and put everybody on the bleachers and you'd watch two movies as the last day before Christmas break. And they showed Ernest goes to camp that year. But not only do I remember watching it like in the summertime, that's why I brought it up, but it is a great summer movie yeah. because it takes place at like a Boy Scout camp, like you mentioned, and they've got the campfires and the camping activities. And who don't love a good Ernest movie? If right. there's somebody out there that don't like Ernest movies, it don't mean there's something wrong with the movies. It means it's something wrong with that person. <laughs> Just I would agree. That one out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Ernest goes. Oh to gosh. I saw it in the theater. I remember seeing it in the theater. We had, so there was, uh, the theater in our, my hometown had, uh, two shows, two movies that would play at a time. And if we drove about a half hour away to Dubois, they had a theater. I think there was four or five in there. So those, and those trips were more few than, uh, when we went to the the little theater in town. So I do remember that was one of the ones that we drove over there. I'm not sure why, if there was just a, a larger selection of movies, maybe it wasn't coming. Cause sometimes we'd miss movies altogether based on whatever was popular and selling tickets, you know? Yeah. So if there was something like that, that thought maybe would miss or it's there and it's not in Clearfield where I grew up, uh, mom would take us over and uh me and my friend leaf went and saw that oh gosh it's just such a great movie i rewatched it we we did an earnest marathon i think about two years ago and i still love it it's such a great movie well now i didn't see Ernest goes to camp in the theater but i liked it so much that we did go see Ernest saves christmas in the theater and then my brother took me to see Ernest goes to jail in the theater and matter yes. of fact i saw Ernest scared stupid in the theater too Wow. Okay. So yeah, I can't remember if I saw Christmas in the theater. I know I've seen, I saw jail in the theater, but oh, I just loved Ernest. Yeah. He's great. Okay. Uh, the letter F has to be for fair our County fair, something that I look forward to every year. And it got to the point when I was old enough that mom would just let me go 
and me and you know friends or whatever would just go riding or whatever playing games in the midway that was a, such a great experience because you're almost I mean, it's almost like being at the mall too you know where your mom would drop you off and I'll come back and you got to be here. Meet me at the Sammy Steaks uh, stand at six o'clock or something, <laughs> you know, whatever. And, and we just, you know, do our own thing at the fair and, uh, you know, the full experience, the carnies, the rides that were slapped together. My favorite was always the Himalaya, which was that one that's kind of spun you around really fast, but it went up and down and always had like the DJ booth. He <laughs> just blaring music. That was always one of my favorites as far as the ride goes. But the, all the traditional, the scrambler and the tilt the whirl, and uh, it was there pretty much every year. The gravitron. Stacy oh. was at a, a county fair or something recently, a carnival, and she posted in the VIP lounge, and that was what she posted the gravitron. Oh man, that was a great ride as well. But. Yeah, you know, you go through, you're, you're playing the, uh, the the game where you throw the baseball and you try to guess your speed, how fast you're pitching to win prizes. There's all the ones with the ring tosses, trying to win knives and all kinds of crap, you know, uh, fish and, oh man. And then the, the food. After I got into probably like high school, what I wanted was the food. There's always those stands that you have in specific oh, yeah. fair foods that just get in the back of your mind. You're like, oh, I can't wait to uh, to have that sweet Italian sausage sandwich or that lemonade that has the inch of sugar at the bottom, you know, <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, funnel cakes and saltwater taffy. I mean, oh, I, I love the fair. I have gone back a couple times and scheduled our trips, our, our drivecations around fair time so we could take the kids. We haven't done that in a, a long time. But, um, yeah, my favorite in the, well, one of my favorite experiences for the fair, my bud Wyatt put a website together and entered his truck into the fair parade, which happens, I think it's the Saturday before everything kind of gets going, you know. It's kind of the lead off of the whole fair week. And so he hooked up uh, speakers. He had a setup in the back. I was in the, the pickup bed, and we bought a bunch of these little blue bracelets, one which I still wear. This is like, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago. And I was tossing out those little bracelets to everybody that has the, you know, the website name on it. And I had a couple super soakers in the back too. So a couple times when I knew some of my friends were going to be and they were going to yell out and stuff. So after they would uh, spot me, I'd pull up with that super soaker and, and hit him from the truck into the crowd, which was fun. But we were blaring that year. They had uh, Slaughter and who was the rock band? I can't remember. There was like a group of two or three of them that came and we were just blaring like up all night, sleep all day, you know, that slaughter song <laughs> going through the fair at five you know the the parade at five miles an hour oh gosh that was such a fun experience but many many more memories of the fair i could say but did you have a, a carnival or county fair or something close to you oh, growing yeah. up we've we've got county fairs here and they're always great 
And if people want to know more about what Jason's childhood looked like, go search out the article on the Retro Network, what a Pennsylvania County Fair looked like in 1990. Somebody had recorded some video, and Jason turned it into an article, and you can go check that out. I forgot about that. And I found like a bunch of those rides, too, and identified them in that video. That was such a trip in time, man. Wow. Like like I told Kevin on the hot tag last week, I can remember every post that's hit the retro network. <laughs> so nothing gets by me. Like no bat dancing at bat camp and what a Pennsylvania County fair looked like in 1990. Uh, I to totally forgot about that. <laughs> hey, and since we're talking about summer, let's throw Kevin a plug. Go check out big city summer stories oh, about yeah. his childhood from the summertime yeah. too yeah. on the that was website. A good one. And, uh, Adam's, uh, a 90 summer reloaded. That was a good article too. Some good summer mm-hmm. stuff. We didn't mention this at the top of the show, but as this episode drops, it is the official start of summer, June 21st. That's why we picked this week for this. So anyway, the letter G stands for great American bash, which we you're going to hear more about on our uh, episode. <laughs> Jason's going to drop when he's gone, but just real quick, great American bash was a series of big time pro wrestling shows by the NWA dusty Rhodes created the name and the concept where they would merge a big wrestling show with concerts in the first year in 86, they hit like 13 major stadiums like Cincinnati, Fulton County stadium in Atlanta, DC, Philadelphia, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, all these big stadiums. And they would have like Delbert McClinton, Waylon Jennings, George Jones playing, you know, a concert as part of the event. And then it went on for a few years uh, the big name acts kind of went away, but Dusty Rhodes would kind of gear all the storylines up to culminate in the summer at the Great American Bash. It was the halfway of the wrestling year. The rest, the really big stories culminated at Starcade at Thanksgiving, but you, you had the Great American Bash too. So they, uh, the biggest matches, I remember in 86, one of the big draws was Ric Flair was going to defend the world title every night against a different challenger and not just singles guys. Oh, wow. But like, the tag team guys got their shots like Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson each had singles matches. Hawk and Animal of the Road Warriors each had singles matches. Matter of fact, I think the show that kicked it off in Philadelphia was maybe Road Warrior Hawk got the first shot. But uh, yeah, so every night of the tour, he was defending the world title. So that was one of the big draws. And plus they had the series of uh, tape fist matches, Ronnie Garvin against Tully Blanchard, which are brutal and awesome at the same time uh indian strap matches hair versus hair matches coal miners <laughs> glove matches uh it was just it was wild double russian chain matches with the road warriors and the russians and then you had the cage matches with the road warriors and midnight express with the road warriors would have baby doll with them and in the cage and jim Cornette would have to get in there so that was the biggest year but uh, 1989 was my favorite. It was still a tour, but it was also a big pay-per-view that year. I would argue, and I'd say most people would agree, but it's maybe the single greatest pay-per-view of all time from top to bottom. Just the most fun, best matches and such. So the Great American Bash, always a much looked forward to part of my summer back then in the late 80s, early 90s. Now, what was the year? I went back. I remember when I first got back into wrestling, thanks to the house show, I went back and watched some NWA stuff. And, well, I guess it went to WCW 
eventually, right? The Great American Bash. Right. Um, and then WWE kept it going too after did they, they too? Okay. Yeah, for several years. There was a year where maybe it was a different pay per view, but uh, a year where Flair comes in on the helicopter. Oh, that was eighty six. Was that was yeah. that Bash? Yes, it was. Okay, Charlotte, yeah. Memorial Stadium in Charlotte. And it was a wasn't it a cage match? It was against Ricky yeah. Morton. Because I remember there being like so much blood. I was like, wow. You know you have made it in life when you fly in in a freaking helicopter into a stadium for a wrestling <laughs> match entrance. Right. Yeah. That was great. Okay. Uh, H. So keep moving along here. H for B is Hershey Park. One of my favorite amusement parks growing up and... Typically, I would go the last, it was our year-end field trip at school, you know, getting close to summer. I remember uh, one time I went, actually with Wyatt's family during the summer, and rode down in the back of his camper. <laughs> um, but it's such a great place. It was, uh, you know, you had the whole chocolate factory experience and all that, but they had several great roller coasters and just a great amusement park to uh you know, visit on a year end field trip like that when you got all your friends and you're, you know, seeing how many times you can ride the comet before you puke and <laughs> uh, the comet, the super duper looper, which I think only had one loop. And there was another one that was probably my favorite where you would start out in the, in the roller coaster and it would take you backwards and it would pull you up a hill backwards. And it'd release you. You go up through, you do a couple loops and upside down, and you come back essentially to a hill where side by side where you started from, and it would catch you. And then it'd pull you up and release you, and you go through the whole thing backwards and come back around. I mean, it was a crazy roller coaster. Uh, they had one at uh, Six Flags in Georgia, and they probably still do, that's uh, similar, but... Lots of great uh, rides and, you know, just your traditional amusement park experience. And that was typically, you know, like once a year, we'd go to Hershey Park and just have a great time. And for other theme park in the summer excitement, check out Karen's recent <laughs> article, Whitewater Atlanta, uh-huh. which, is now, which is now part of Six Flags Atlanta. So what amusement parks were close to you, like Dollywood? Uh, Dollywood, but uh, God, it changed to Dollywood in the eighties before that it was silver dollar city. Mm-hmm. And that's where my earliest memories are. Gosh, before that it was uh frontier land. And before that it was rebel railway way back when it first opened. I got some mm-hmm. pictures of that. That was our closest, but going the other direction in the Northern Virginia, about, I don't know, a four and a half hour ride or so was uh bush gardens up in Williamsburg, Virginia. I, I had been there once when I was a kid and when I was like eight years old, we made the yeah, trip to go I to bush, you bush gardens. <laughs> that was a great, uh, the, uh, what was there? Was it the Loch Ness monster? One of their uh-huh. roller coasters. It was. I remember that trip pretty vividly as a kid. Cause that yeah, was like, you that was like the- wearing that collared shirt with the little alligator on it. <laughs> That mom bought me from JC Penny. Yeah. You had moose in uh, your hair. <laughs> Pop the collar. Yeah. Tell me I'm lying. Tell me I'm lying. <laughs> I don't have any visual evidence. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. Bush Gardens is a great part. All right. Uh, uh, you're okay. You're up to I. Yeah. We're going to have to speed this up. A little yeah, bit. I know. I know. 
I is for ice cream truck. They only run in the summertime, in the spring, in the early fall. You don't get them in the wintertime. It's, well, maybe you do, for, depending on where you live. If you live in Florida or Arizona or somewhere, you may get them year-round. But you could hear that jingle coming from a mile away. You'd run and bum whatever pocket change you could from whoever was around or your secret stash, and you'd go out to the ice cream truck. Do you have a favorite that you'd get off the ice cream truck? We didn't have an ice cream truck. We were really past rural, I guess, to have an ice cream truck driving around. But anyway, yeah, I never had that experience. I had to go into my candy store that had the deep freezer there full of ice cream treats. I can't those. remember what it was called, but it was the cone shape, almost like a snow cone, but it wasn't a snow cone. But there was a gumball down in the very bottom of mm. it. I can't remember what that was called, but I, I really liked it. It was almost like a, a sherbet type ice cream, but with a gumball at the bottom of the I got cone. you. One of my favorites was the bar, the just vanilla bar that had the strawberry sprinkles. And then inside there was like some kind of strawberry goo. Oh yeah. The I think they had the chocolate as well. I think they still make crunch. it. Scooter crunch. Yes. Yeah, oh wow. Hell yeah. Those are some of my favorites. Uh, nowadays you've got the good humor bars. They make them. At least we have them in our local stores. You can get the strawberry and the chocolate still. And I always debate which one's my favorite because they're both so good in their own way. Cool. I digress. Okay. Jay. Jay is for the movie Jaws. Hey, that's what I had. If I had been doing your son. We have to come up with something else then. Uh, Or not. (laughs) Or not. Yeah. Jaws 2. Yeah. (laughs) Jaws the Revenge. Jaws 3D. Yeah. Trading cards. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jaws. And it was funny just uh, maybe a week or so ago. Karen mentioned in the VIP lounge, she had never seen Jaws. She was, I guess, too scared of it uh, growing up. And that's always been one that uh, I've not really been afraid of as being the uh, scaredy cat that I am not watching horror movies. And, you know, we might debate whether that is a horror movie or not, but it's, you know, set at summer and it's just such a fun, like, uh, I don't know. I, I, you kind of put yourself in that position of uh, being one of those people just trying to enjoy the beach and, you know, here's all the shark stuff coming. And then the, uh, it, it's, it's a great movie when they go out on the boat, you know, and try to get the thing. And, uh, yeah, I can, I've, I've watched it a bunch of times, mostly on cable. I don't know if I've ever really sat down and watched, you know, because they'd always put it on marathons. They always had like mm-hmm. Jaws marathons uh, in the summertime. Well, it's but. credited as the first big summer blockbuster, and it certainly has a summer theme with the beach and stuff. But I do agree that it's also really good around Halloween. It's mm-hmm. it's I don't know if I'd call it a horror movie. It's certainly a thriller, or it's got some suspenseful stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's more of a suspense, yeah. more than just straight up like horror and stuff. Other than uh, when what's his face gets eaten, but. You know, it's it's just uh, the music and just the whole tone of the movie and everything just makes it so great. Well, uh, let's keep on the movie trend here. K is for Karate Kid, uh, another movie I watched that first summer of movies at my mm-hmm. uncle Ernest's house. And it just, it feels like a summer movie. I know the tournament's like in December in the movie, but you've got, uh, when they go to golf and stuff, which my mm-hmm. gosh, I 
wish that, you know, I've had this idea to open a pizza place. I may change it and put the pizza place as part of a golf and stuff. Rip off <laughs> here where I live. But uh, that just had such a summer vibe with the big water slide in the background. But yeah. I think just the fact that I first experienced it in the summer, it'll always feel like a summer movie for me. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the first time I watched it. Cause I know I didn't see it in the theater and it might've been in a rental at some point when I first watched it. So I don't have that summer correlation. I, it was released in the summer, wasn't it? Yeah. And I would have seen, I, I swear it had to be summer of 85 or 86 before I saw yeah. it for the first time. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking too. It was a, maybe a year or so after it came out, but yeah, it's such a great movie. Okay. Uh, let's see. L L is for something I never have never experienced that I can remember. And I know you have, cause you've written about it. Lawn darts. Oh, <laughs> or jarts or jarts. I guess you call, I don't, whatever. <laughs> I never understood that, but I just don't remember anybody having them. And you know, I've heard their horror stories over the years, whatever of these huge things coming at people and, trying to play the, the game, but take me through what it is actually. I mean, you said okay. rings, right? And All you're right. trying to so, throw them in the ring. Yeah. How people get hurt. It's their own stupid fault. You know, if you have common sense, you don't get hurt because you stay out of the way. So you have this plastic tube ring that you'd snap together and it would lay on the ground, probably about three feet across. And these jarts or lawn darts were a good 12 inches long, big plastic feathery back end hard plastic and a big, it wasn't a sharp tip. It was a blunt tip, but a big metal tip on the front. And so you'd put these two rings, I don't know, 20 yards apart and you'd fling these things up into the air and the weight would bring them back down and they would stick in the ground. You're just trying to get it in the circle. Right. It's just a way to play darts outside in your yard. And if you were really stupid you would stand in or next to the, the, ring. the ring and you <laughs> might get hit in the head with a heavy metal dart and you would get hurt. But if you weren't stupid, you would stand back four or five feet and watch the dart and get out of the way. If somebody was, their throw was off. We had a set. Oh gosh, for years. And we'd go out and play. Nobody ever got hurt. I mean, I was playing it when I was five years old. We didn't get hurt. It's just really fun. You know how cornhole is now. People pitching right. cornhole. It never reached that level of popularity, but kind of the same thing. Looks like horseshoes, but it's dart version of it. Okay. Uh, and that article is the most dangerous toy of all time. Lawn darts. <laughs> Google that or search it on the retro network search bar. It's a history of them there. Uh, all right. It's back to me. Elm. Movie marathons. Not just the ones at my uncle's house. But like TBS, USA, all these channels would do these movie marathons in the summertime, especially TBS. I can remember one summer you could watch all the uh, Frankie Avalon and Annette Benning beach movies. They would show a different one every day at 10 o'clock a.m. after Little House on the Prairie went off. They would do their different creature features. I can remember USA would show the original Star Wars trilogy in three consecutive nights in the summertime. Mm -hmm. uh, just some movie marathons in general. You get a lot of them around the holidays, of course, but in the summertime, you can do 
like these days, we mentioned Austin Powers. A channel could do something like that, like maybe AMC could do. Well, these days they'd do all three in a row on the same night, but they right, could spread right. that out a three night movie marathon event type thing. They're just nowhere near as prevalent today as they were in the late eighties, early nineties on cable television, but just movie marathons in general. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. There's, you don't have that, uh, whole themed week or something, you know, that they would put together and you get the James Bond movies every night for right. 15 nights or something. Or yeah. John Wayne or Clint Eastwood or whatever. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, N. N for me is the never ending story. And the reason I'm putting that in our summer list, I'm not sure when it was released, but the first time that I watched it was at a, uh, like a birthday party slash celebration at, uh, this uh, friend of mine's at their hunting camp. So there was, I think six or seven of us, I've got a picture somewhere. Maybe I'll try to share that this week of, uh, us on the front porch of the camp. And we stayed overnight and that night they had power there. It was the, you know, it wasn't out quite in the middle of nowhere, but they had power to the camp and they had a VCR and a TV and set up and we watched the never ending story at camp and scared the ever living crap out of me. <laughs> that uh, wolf. Oh gosh. Like the next day, I didn't want to go out because we were surrounded by woods. And we're, all we did was play outside, play in the woods, you know, when we were there. And I was scared, man. I was scared even when I got back home and we were playing in the woods of the Gamork, the, the wolf in the movie. But I just, I associate that memory in the summertime going out to that uh, hunting camp and watching uh, the never ending story out there <laughs> for that birthday party. So it's a little shoehorned memory in there in the summer. Well, O for me is out of school. Was that not the best part of summer? I think it was for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Being out of school. Yeah. That was the whole point of summer was to be out of school. Yeah. Yeah. And just being out and doing things with yourself. I started to go outdoors with this, but I like the outdoors in the fall better than the summer. So just left it off and went with out of school and everything that comes with it. Everything we've mentioned so far, getting to watch the movie marathons and having the ice cream truck and um, going just to the not fair and, about school. Just, you don't, you, it's like gone out of your memory until you like drive past the school and you see all the, the school buses lined up, you know, it seemed like summer used to be long. I know when my kids were still in actual school, public school, their summer just felt so short. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's actually shortened or it just seemed to last a while when you were a kid. It was like that perfect length. It was long enough, but you know, you, you realize you, you wish it could never end, but it, you have to go back to school. Yeah. It just, it just seemed like a perfect length back in our day. I don't know how many like snow days you would get, but typically we weren't out of school until like the first week of June. Right. And we wouldn't go back until, like the day after Labor Day. That was like, so we had a solid three months, it seems like. And now, I don't know if it's just because everything has moved up, but my kids typically get out of school like middle of May, and then they go back middle of August. Mm-hmm. 
uh, or sometimes even like the first week of August. I remember that's happened a couple of years. I'm like, holy crap. But I, I don't know. It does seem shorter nowadays than we experienced it. Okay. P is for popsicles. No. We had to have popsicles in the house, specifically just the cheapo traditional popsicles in the little plastic wrapper that you take the scissors and snap off and you suck it until it's dry. <laughs> that's not a popsicle. That's a freezy pop. I know you have a different name. We've talked about this before at some point, maybe on that s- summer memory show, but that was my quote unquote popsicle. Well, popsicles here are the ones that are in the paper wrapper that have the stick in them. Just, okay. You know, the variety flavors. I was going to ask you when you first said popsicles, were you a fan of the single popsicles or the double that you had to break apart? Oh, I love the doubles. Yeah. Give me the doubles all day long. If we're, you were we're going those type, you were an only child, weren't you? Yes. Give you the double. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't have to share it. Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. I don't know. I don't know if mom, I mean, like I said, typically we just had the, the plastic ones in the multicolors, uh, but I do remember getting those every once in a while and then getting the fudge sickles too. Oh, Dad loved fudge sickles. That so we and the banana pops. We typically Ooh. had the fudge sickles in the fridge as well. I'm going to have to go get me some banana pops. <laughs> well, uh, Q for me is for questionable choices. <laughs> okay. I seem to make a lot of questionable choices in the summertime. <laughs> Uh, remember I told you how I went to see Austin Powers two with a girl that wasn't my girlfriend mm-hmm. uh, that ended up in hindsight being a very questionable choice, <laughs> uh, be at a farm party and somebody hands you a cup and says, drink this. And you're like, what's in it? And they're like, what's not in it? <laughs> okay. Just that's a question. It. That's a questionable choice. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Questionable choices. Summertime is great for lots of questionable choices in life. <laughs> <laughs> okay we could do a whole show maybe an after hours on mixed questionable choices in the summertime i bet that you got a bunch a of another, those that could be another podcast series <laughs> okay r for me is roller skating i remember you know when you're out of school you need something to do not necessarily uh, it could be any time, really. I mean, it didn't have to necessarily be a rainy day. But I remember the late 80s, like 88, 89, even probably into the early 90s, I felt like I was at the roller skating rink once a week <laughs> during the summer because it was, again, another place that your parents could drop you off. There was just a group of kids that could hang out. Our roller skating rink was great. They had, of course, the the DJ booth, and you could uh, request a song when it was your birthday. I remember requesting, okay, so maybe I am a yuppie, because mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember requesting Millie Vanilli for one birthday that they played for me. I can't remember which one it was, but I knew it was Millie Vanilli. But anyway, it was fun. We we just had a great time. They had. It was, uh, so it was probably Blame It on the Rain. Just guessing. No, I think it was the girl. What is it? Don't lose my number. Anyway, uh, they also had a foosball table. They had a pool table. They had a row of arcade machines. You haven't tested your 
pole position skills until you're in a pair of roller skates and trying to <laughs> keep that gas pedal down. Uh, but they had a bunch. They had like pole position, Galaga, I think Miss Pac-Man, a, a lot of the great classics were there. They had a full snack bar with pizza and the whole nine. And they'd play fun games like we did a four corners game. They'd bring out this dice that was the size of a coffee table or something. And you would uh, skate around. It was almost like musical chairs where you'd skate around. And when the music stopped, you went to a certain corner. And then they rolled the dice out there. And it was like one and three. Or they'd have whatever different uh, corners if they called your corner then you were out and you kept going to it was down to like two or three kids and if you won you got like a free drink at the snack bar and you were I like king you for say, day. I thought you was going to say when they rolled the dice like one and three it was like seven minutes in the closet together or something like that <laughs> no not that kind of roller skating ring. another questionable choice no no I, we this was an, an innocent uh, roller skating rink but hmm. yeah lots of great memories there and mainly like I said centered around just being available during the week to just go and get dropped off and, and go roller skating with your friends. Hmm. S super soaker 50, the original <laughs> bad boy of water guns, not counting those that looked like real Uzis and made the machine gun sounds. But, uh, uh, my friend Marcus Callis threw this water gun party war thing at his house one time. Mm-hmm. And it was just before school let out for the year. And Marcus was always into clandestine stuff. Uh, He would, (laughs) well, I'm not going to get into everything he was into, but he created these invitations and he sealed them in wax. So if you got one, you knew it was something special and he was invited to a water gun war. And it was like most kids, Super Soaker 50 had just hit the market back then. And just about everybody who was invited, there's like a dozen of us, everybody went and bought new Super Soaker 50s. (laughs) <laughs> all but a couple kids who didn't stand a chance. <laughs> but, uh, of course you also loaded up with every other water gun you had and water balloon. And we spent all day. He had some really nice wooded property. It was like paintball before there was paintball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That thing. It was an all day event. And the super soaker 50, the iconic yellowish green, like highlighter color body yep. and the big tank on it. It was the first time I'd seen a water gun with a tank on it. You just thought, oh, this this is never going to run out. <laughs> right, yeah. But it did. It did. So, but it shot quickly. well. Yeah, it, it did, shot yeah. well. You could soak somebody. Uh, so the Super Soaker 50, been changing summers ever since. Absolutely. A lot better than those plastic ones you'd get with that little drain plug, you know, and you had to fill yeah. up the whole housing. <laughs> and you tried to put it in your pocket, and it just leaked all down the front. Yeah, of the oh, yeah. Yeah. Not happening. See, that was another questionable choice, putting a water gun in your pocket. <laughs> I've actually got a water gun memory that uh, will come back around in after hours. Oh. Okay, T is just for trees. Trees, I'm talking climbing trees. We used to do like these little tree stands where you'd find like a broken two by six or something. I don't know if you ever did this. And we had several pine trees that were at least two stories high. I mean, very high. And we get up there, get all sappy and everything, but you'd find like the perfect spot, like these two limbs that were somewhat close together and you plop your wood down and you were just like, this was like the coolest thing ever. You're way up in this tree sitting down chilling, you know? Uh, but we spent so many 
hours just climbing trees and all over the neighborhood. We didn't have any like privacy fences or anything. So like the whole neighborhood was ours, man. And we could go, you know, in the backyards of everybody and just find some cool trees to climb. And when I was home, when, uh, Wyatt and I filmed our little, what we call uh, memory jogger, the movie, when we went back and visited all these places that we hung out and stuff. And uh, when we went up my street and in the back of the Jehovah's Witness church that I've mentioned before that we mess with, there was a couple great trees that I know we had tree stands up in there and I was looking for them, <laughs> but I couldn't find it, but couldn't find any still up in the trees. But I know there are some somewhere around there where uh, we grew up that there's probably still some blocks of wood up there where we were just hanging out. But yeah, did, I, we climbed so many dang trees, man. Did you say memory jogger, the movie, the movie? Yes. Is that available online on YouTube? It is on rediscover the eighties YouTube channel. Oh yeah. Right. Everybody has to go check that out. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm taking tomorrow off work. I'll have time at some <laughs> point this weekend to, uh, it is feature length. Let me tell you, we, we visited our, uh, we found our old hangout spot that is, was now like a, somebody working on cars, like their garage, my little league field. We went back to that and I ran the bases, uh, stuff like that. Yeah. Anybody who checks out retro ramblings knows on, I've been on a pretty good streak for a couple months now of doing the weekend edition. This past week I started including a video of the week. I think that might be it. Okay. I'm I'll send you the link. Okay, please do. That's, <laughs> that's cool. Uh, you, my uncle Ernest, uh, of course he lived beside us or behind us. Uh, so I spent a lot of time. He introduced me to a lot of those movies, but this story in particular, Ernest had a big tobacco patch. And when I was young, my dad would farm me out to help Ernest with the tobacco. But if you helped Ernest work tobacco, the, at least the adults got paid. Us kids didn't. But, you know, it is what it was. But he would feed you lunch. Now, unfortunately, the free lunch was a bologna sandwich that he would make a bunch of them early that morning, throw them in a bag, and leave them laying on the seat of his truck out in the field in the hot sun until lunchtime. (laughs) So there would be so much condensation. The bread was soaking wet. Oh, gosh. The bologna was hot. And he would put two gallon jugs of water in the truck too, not in a refrigerator or nothing. So you had hot, wet bologna sandwiches with a jug of hot water you passed around <laughs> with everybody for lunch. So, wow. Whether it took a week or two weeks to work up the tobacco on the last day, I remember this one specific year. He said, Everybody get in the truck. We're going down to Clink's. Clink's was a little convenience store down from where we lived. And we got to Clink's. And he walks in. He said, I'm buying everybody lunch at Clink's. It was like, oh, that's cool. But I remember getting into Clink's and walking in and Ernest hollering, hey, whatever the dude's name was, fix these boys a bologna sandwich. <laughs> but at least the bread was dry and the bologna yeah. was cold. And that at was least the you, best. Got a, you got a can of pop, too. So Yeah, that was the best lunch uh, you got out of him, even though it was just the same thing. Yeah. Now, see, my uncle Ernest, too, as a kid, I don't know how much you know about working tobacco, but you chop it down, you spear it, you load it, you take it to the barn. But when you're going to spear it, it all goes on these tobacco sticks. Well, those tobacco sticks are kept in a barn. And 
there wasn't no wagon or hauling or anything. My me and my cousin Tim, our job was to carry the tobacco sticks and drop them. You had to drop them like almost end to end with just a couple feet between them through every row across all 10 acres of tobacco. So we had started a day ahead of the, everybody else. We'd get our arms full of tobacco sticks in the barn and we'd go start dropping. And then you'd go back and get more and go back. But every trip you got farther and farther and farther away from the barn. You're 10 acres away from the barn on your last trip. (laughs) That's a long walk with an arm full of tobacco sticks. Let me tell you. So my (laughs) uncle Ernest for you, I have a lot of summer memories with Ernest. Cool. Very cool. All right. Oh, let's see. V. Let's see. I got a couple here. I'll go with this game. I, I call it Velcro ball. It's the only time I remember playing it is just during the summer. It seemed to be always at like the dollar store or something. It's with oh, the little yeah. paddles. You know what I'm talking the, about? The little round, the round paddles. paddles yeah. yeah. You slip your hand inside. I think we have a set somewhere that I can't remember the last time we've used it, but it's just one of those things in the summer section that comes to your store. They always put like those plastic mini golf sets and mm-hmm. badminton and you've got these, the Velcro ball, you know, <laughs> and I remember playing it and it's, you know, it was okay. But once your, your ball, the, it gets all fuzzy, you know, from the, <laughs> just sticking to the paddles all that time, it kind of gets a little, you know, hard to stick on there after a while. But anyway, it was just almost like a tennis ball, you know, but, uh, that game just came to mind when I'm thinking about summer junk in the, in the store. Yeah. I love those things. I had them growing up too. And we used to have a thing where we try to throw it so hard that it would bounce off of the paddle instead of sticking to it when the uh-huh. other person tried to catch uh-huh. it. So again, <laughs> questionable choices. <laughs> uh, w for wagon train. So people can go to the retro network and search uh, going on wagon train in the eighties. That was a 10 to 12 day vacation every year when my dad was president of the riding club, all these old wagons, like you'd see on little house on the prayer or whatever, these guys would make them in this riding club and hitch the horses to them. And you'd pack your stuff and off you'd go. And we had a kind of a designated route and stay on different farms. You'd ride in the wagon all day from one stop to the next. And you may spend a day or two in one location and play games on horses, uh, which there again, questionable choices. Now I never played this, <laughs> but somebody had this bright idea one day that this game only got played one time. Well, before I tell that, when I talk about there'd be cakewalks every night and live music, we had the watermelon races where they'd group you by age and they'd put a watermelon like 30 yards away and they'd line you up and say, now and everybody had run and the first person that got it got to take it back to their you know have a watermelon but they played they played this one game they thought it'd be a good idea they tied a balloon to the back of each side of the saddle on the horse and they all get in the ring and everybody gets a switch and the point is is to pop other people's balloons with a switch and be the last one left two problems with this most of these rednecks didn't wear shirts and they're, you know, flailing away at each other with switches. And number two, horses do not like getting hit with switches. It sticks, yes. They I saw where game, that was going. Yeah. They played this game one time. <laughs> and 
I can't remember if in the wagon train article I wrote, I put a picture of that or not, but I have pictures of that game that night that year. <laughs> but wagon train, you'd have to be there. You'd have to be from the country to enjoy it. People can go read about it. Yeah, go some great, about it. some great pictures of me when I was real little, like five, six years old. I that. think you told some wagon train stories on that summer memories episode as well. I probably did. Yeah. Cool. Okay. X, um, I'm a little bit of a stretch here trying to find something with X, but something you used X's and O's was the big old tic-tac-toe set with the bean bags. Mm-hmm. Did you ever have one of those when you were yeah. a kid? The one where you throw it and you try to flip the thing. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. I did. yeah. Uh, a friend of mine up the street there, Tim, he had it. And I remember every so often, it wasn't something we sought out. Oh, hey, let's go play beanbag tic-tac-toe today but uh i don't know every once in a while he'd have it out and we'd go up and play and i think that's kind of a thing that's still around it seems like it is at least available to buy you know for your kids and maybe a smaller version but he had one that was i don't know it was decent sized and you know it's almost like playing uh tic-tac-toe cornhole you know whatever <laughs> mm-hmm. but that was the only thing i could think of for x but hmm. well, I've got a, I've got a good one for after hours. So, but my last pick for the letter Y, and this is from when I was a kid up through today, yard sales. Oh yeah. Oh, Summertime wow. is for yard sales going out these days, finding stuff you were trying to find even back then. Like maybe somebody selling some GI Joe figures. Right. Uh, I remember I got the APC carrier at a yard sale, like the same year it came out. I guess some parent had bought it for some kid and he (laughs) didn't want it and it was cheap and mom bought it for me. And I got the, uh, Rambo play set that had like the big watchtower as part of it. Nice. I never had that. Um, got a bunch of stuff, a bunch of different GI Joe figures through the years, but these days you go and I'm looking for old books, old games, old magazines, old toys. So yeah, yard sales are one of the things that are, of all the things on this list that I've done, you know, alternating letters, A through Y yard sales may be my favorite thing out of everything I've mentioned. Yeah. We, I remember going to some Epic ones and some places I've seen even just traveling around too, where they'll have like the mile long yard sale or whatever, where people get mm-hmm. together and, uh, we'll just grab their whatever stuff and set up tables and neighborhood yard sales. Those are pretty big around here where they have a, certain Saturday they'll advertise and that's the day you do your yard sale. But I've mainly struck out down here since we've lived here and some of the, most of the yard sales that we've visited, I did score my stereo and uh, turntable and all that, that whole setup at a yard sale. But they've, I remember them being more or finding more stuff up North. It seems like, I don't know. Well, uh, about 30 miles North of here is the town of Withful. And Highway 21 runs through Withful, and it runs all the way uh, actually to Florida. But for about, let's see, from Withful, there's about a 30, 40-mile stretch. One weekend a year, everybody up and down that stretch does a yard sale on the same weekend. Mm. I can't. They, it's got a name. I can't remember what they call it, but it's just like you stop at one yard sale. There's another one within eyesight for like the entire 30 mile route. <laughs> that's awesome. So that's a pretty cool that's event awesome. they do. 
All right, for Z, had to stretch a little bit on this one, too. Uh, I do remember seeing it in the theater, and it was a summer movie. It's not one that I would typically associate with summer, but I still enjoy the movie. The Mask of Zorro was a summer movie. Summer, I I guess you would call it a blockbuster. Uh, Is this the Antonio Banderas? Yes, yes. The Antonio Banderas and uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones and the... uh, the British <laughs> Anthony Hopkins uh, trying to portray, you know, being Spanish. But it was why I remember watching the theater. It's one we've gone back and watched over the years. I think it's just a fun kind of popcorn movie about the story of Zorro. And uh, it's got the huge wrestler guy in it that uh, wore the, the bodysuit. What was his name? Giant the, Gonzalez. Yes, Giant Gonzalez. The bar scene where he's fighting all the the guys in there, and then he comes out, and he's like, <laughs> "What am I going to do now?" That was a fun scene in the movie, but uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it's just one of those. Uh, I've gone back. We've had a copy of it forever. I had a copy on VHS and on DVD over the years. So, Mask of Zorro is the final one. Or well, good pick, and a fun list all the way through. Yeah, lots of fun stuff. Movies and just, I love just straight up memories, man. Something out of left field, it seems like, that you might pull in for summer and remember specifically during a a summer activity or something. I would have thought for the letter B, you would have done something with bikes. And if you want to read more about Jason and bikes, go to Amazon (laughs) and buy his memoir, Biking the Buzzards. (laughs) I had thought about it and then I decided to... to go around that, but yeah. <laughs> okay, well, let's hop back in the time machine. We're going to find out what's coming up. Well, we kind of already teased it, but uh, we'll hop back in the time machine and give you a little taste of uh, what's coming up in After Hours this week. All right, well, we hope you enjoyed our ABCs of summer. It was a really fun list to put together, and if you uh, want to hear more, you'll have to come back for After Hours this week because we are doing the exact opposite, like Mick said. Mm -hmm. We're going to switch letters. Yep, so I'll be starting first, and we'll go right back through the ABCs of summer in After Hours. If we stirred up some memories from our uh, list, we'd love to hear from you over on Twitter at Social at RD80s and at Yesterdayville. Please subscribe to the show. And uh, if you still want a little goodie pack of uh, Retro Network stuff like stickers and a window decal for your car, some old trading cards, leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts and uh, DM me over on Twitter at TRN Social with your address, and I'll send you that in the mail for doing that for us. But uh, we are going to go into After Hours now. Hope you will join us. If you are not a VIP, please sign up. Patreon.com forward slash the Retro Network. And if you wonder what the After Hours is all about, go back one week in our feed and listen to the free preview from last week. Yes. Get to listen to After Hours for free. Yes. That was a great show we did. Really enjoyed that one going through the events of the 90s. But uh, until next week, Jason here for Mickey. And we will see you in time.
since we're a little later this time, just get right into it. You got something for after hours? Yeah, remember we're flipping the script on the ABC. Oh yeah. Duh. The doy. This has been a presentation of the Retro Network. <laughs>